once you're down, decide, does this actually feel comfortable, sustainable, wise? If not, change it. Move your legs, move your arms, knock the knees in, cover yourself up. Arms wide, narrow, overhead, it doesn't matter. And you can try a bunch of different options until you find one that's fairly good for you. So regardless of what you choose, even if you were to Futs around a whole bunch and try a bunch of different options, eventually you would have to stop futzing. Because most often it's that I'm trying to find one that'll last forever and be infinitely comfortable. There's no such thing, it's comfortable enough. And that goes for the rest of practice too. It's this is wise, this might be really difficult or hard work. And then there's pain, which is something you'll stay away from. But every experience will be impermanent. Nothing that is enjoyable will last forever. Nothing that is uncomfortable will last forever. It's just to be with the experience of each passing step. So start with noticing, just noticing the sounds outside of the room. And it's nice, there's some birds. It's a little bit of noise, probably from construction at a certain point. People. So moving from that which is quite far outside of yourself and also outside of your control. So all that noise is happening here. Can't get rid of it, but you can choose to just allow it to be. Drag your focus from the sounds outside to you within this room and the contact that your particular body and its shape and position has with the floor, whatever surfaces it is in contact with. You can begin down in the feet. It may just be the back of the heels. It may be the soles of the feet that are in contact with the floor. And the idea is not to analyze that. It's just to notice, okay, this portion of the body's touching the ground, and then move up to the calves. Perhaps they're touching the ground, perhaps they're not. Perhaps it's the back of the thighs that's next, and perhaps it's the back of the pelvis that's the next thing in contact with the floor, not the legs at all. And move up higher in the upper back, backs of the arms perhaps, and the back of your head. So all touching the floor, and it is one of the more esoteric statements, but 
You can just allow the floor to feel supportive. Perhaps you can let go somewhat. Those are all points of attention to pay attention to. Now, take your attention from those internal even further and into where the breath sits. So notice its location for you. And it's not that the location of it needs adapting or changing at all. It's not that the pace of the breath, the volume of the breath needs changing. But you can experiment with that, perhaps breathing more deeply, perhaps moving the breath down into the abdomen or up into the chest. The idea is this is the focal point. You're adding quite a bit of interest to the focal point, which can make it easier to concentrate on and to notice when one has wandered. And the idea is that there are other experiences here in the moment besides just the breath. They're all the things that you traveled through to get to the breath. There's a one chosen focal point of the breath for now. And when the mind wanders to something that is actually happening here and now or to something that is imagined in the mind, pull the focus back to the breath. from the steady point of the breath, begin to bring your attention back to your legs and where they sit in space. And if they're outstretched in front of you or propped up, you just kick the prop out of the way or bend your knees and put your feet on the floor roughly hip distance apart. Have your knees roughly that distance apart as well. And once you make your way to this active rest state, Noticing the fixed points of the body on the floor, back of the pelvis, upper back, back of your head. And then beginning to, off of that fixed point, move the limbs. So with the right leg, flex the right ankle so you're just up on the heel. Pick the right heel up off the floor, maybe a quarter of an inch or so. And start to unfold the right leg, sliding the heel just a quarter of an inch off the floor away from you. And if it will get all the way straight, fine. If it feels like the lower back is going to pop up away from the floor before you get there, stop short of straightening the knee. And then accordion fold the knee and the hip back into where you started. Now just start to slide the leg in and out. And at the beginning, doing it with, we'll say, minimal effort in the musculature. You feel the need to move the ankle in relation to this, to point it, to flex it, to turn it. Go ahead.
The next time your leg gets outstretched in position, you can let it come down to the floor. And with minimal effort and without the pelvis tipping side to side, rotate the leg outward. The knee and the toes turn to the right. Turn the leg up to neutral and consider rolling it internally some. And just beginning to roll the leg in and out. Now, if the position of the leg feels constricted, maybe take it a little wider. And you can play with the idea of paying attention to the thigh bone rotating at the hip joint and also down into the foot and the idea of rotating the foot so that the toes come down towards the floor as well. Different joints doing different things, capable of different movements, different experiences to pay attention to. Eventually bring this right leg back into where you started and you'll begin with the left when you're ready. There's no need to rush, but eventually to come up onto the left heel, flex the ankle, pick it up a tiny bit and slide it in and out, noticing that the left leg may fold and unfold in a different way. Perhaps it folds and unfolds all the way out, perhaps it doesn't, but just noticing the lower back's relationship with the floor, keeping that consistent and stopping short of taking leg all the way out if the lower back feels like it's going to change. feel like eventually you've folded and unfolded this left leg as many times as you need to in relation to what you did on the right perhaps then take the left leg down and you can roll it in and out and again this leg is different the experience of it will be different the idea will be to solely be with the experience of this leg making choices around it noticing its movements Yes, it may be different than the opposing leg, and there's no need to change it so that one leg is exactly the same as the other. It's just notice what is. What does this leg need? And when you get distracted or overly critical or analytical, come back to the breath and then back to the experience of moving. Whenever you've rotated this left leg enough, you can bring it back in. Again, no rush, personal choice. Once the left leg is back in, go back to the right leg. Reach the right foot up away from the floor, straighten the knee out. And keep the thighs fairly parallel in space in relation to one another. 
And once the knee is all the way straight and the right leg is lifted, then you can start to take the right leg down towards the floor a little bit at a time. If it feels like the lower back catches or starts to pitch away from the floor before your heel grazes the ground, then stop short and just bring the leg back up to where you started. And you'll begin by just taking the leg up and down, knowing that if there's pain somewhere in the groin or the SI joints, the back of the knee, sit bone, then to adapt the leg and not move it as far or to change its position somehow, or to stop altogether and to go back to constructive rest. Eventually, as you take the leg up and down, if you continue with that, you can start to turn the leg in or out. You can make little circles. You can bend the knee on the way up or down. You can adapt the movements of this leg however you see fit. Just mobilizing the leg as a means to mobilize the hip, freeing the thigh bone up at the hip so that it impacts the spine's positioning less over time knowing that that can some days be accomplished just by lying in constructive rest. finish with the right leg whenever that may be and go to the left and up and down and in and out. The options are many. The choice is based on you. As always, the breath and the starting position are there for you to return to when needed. This left leg has had enough. You can put the foot back on the floor and come back to the breath and constructive rest. And once back in that position of constructive rest, again, no rush. Start by now keeping the legs as a fixed object and beginning to rock and move the pelvis. So if you can think about where the pelvis is sitting in space, where your navel is, where the pubic bone is, and just start to rock so that the pubic bone tips down towards the floor. Perhaps the navel will feel like it pops up towards the ceiling. And then rock the opposing direction. The navel might feel like it rocks down, pubic bone rocks up. You rock back and forth. Now, as you rock back and forth, if there's pain in the SI region or in the groin, then rock less, or perhaps don't rock at all. 
just noticing that as you rock the pelvis, it's moving at the hip and it's moving the spine along with it. can start to rock it in other directions as well. Instead of just back and forth, you can think about rocking towards the right hip. You can think about rocking towards the left hip. You can go back and forth or side to side or start at what would be the top of the circle of movements you're doing and work around in a clockwise fashion and then counterclockwise. Eventually, as you rock, if you want to take the movements up into the upper body, when you rock the tailbone or pubic bone down towards the floor, it feels like you like to lift the chest away from the floor a bit, let the chin move away from the chest, much like you would do in a backbend. Go ahead. If When you rock the pubic bone up away from the floor, you feel like you would like to lift the chest and head up like a mini sit-up, you can do that as well. You move the arms positioning if needs be. Letting this spine undulate and move. you're finished moving the spine again no rush come back to a place of stillness in the place of stillness come back to the breath so that there's always a focal point and then move up to the neck and begin to just roll the head left to right can roll in a dynamic way. If at a certain point you feel like you want to hold the head turned in one direction, please feel free. Eventually returning the head back to a neutral position. And now taking your arms and reaching them up to the ceiling over your shoulders. You can choose to keep them shoulder distance at the elbow. If you want to interlace the fingers at a certain point or put a block between your hands, you're always welcome to do that. And as you inhale, reach up for the ceiling so you feel the shoulder blades wrap the rib cage and take the arms up and overhead some. And as you exhale, you can bring them back to the ceiling where you started. And as you inhale and exhale, taking the arms up and over, you can take them further and further each time until maybe they end up by the cheeks. If there's pain in the shoulder, pain in the neck, 
then the depth, the shape of the arms, or consider not moving them. Maybe not moving them as far or not moving them at all. And if it's not moving them at all, you can always take them overhead or out to the side instead and just hold that position and breathe there. Because you're on a sticky mat, if when your arms are overhead, it feels like you're just being forced into a back bend, then you can wiggle the rib cage back so that the back of the rib cage moves away from the pelvis. It might allow you to feel like you're reaching a bit more. You can also stay in a static position where the arms are held overhead. Grab one wrist with the opposing hand and use that grip to reach the arm back. Pull the arm back towards whatever's behind your head. Eventually, when you're done, take the arms down out to your sides like a T with the palms up and return back to your breath. And at this point, you can choose either the bolster or one of the blocks at the low height and pick your hips up and slide the bolster or the block underneath the back of your pelvis. You're welcome. Handstand cramp. <laughs> and now once you're up on the block or bolster, you can take your arms out like a T, just palms up so that the chest remains wide, unless that feels unwise to you. The activities will Resume the same ones we did before. It'll first be slide the right leg in and out away from you, and then you can add up and down to that. You can rotate the leg in or out, but just start to move the leg now with the option of being able to take it behind you like you would if you were walking. So as you reach the leg and unfold and refold the knee and the hip, if there's pain in the SI joint or pain in the groin, in the lower back, sit bone, then stay away from that. If you feel like you want to take the leg in and out and up and down, you can do that. If you want to make circles with the ankle, rotate the hip. As you move, you're free to. It's just now that the leg will be able to travel behind the pelvis which it was unable to do when you were not elevated. That doesn't mean that taking it behind you is better or wiser. It's just an option. So if at any point it feels like that's not wise, take the bolster block out from under you. Go back to this activity on the floor or back to constructive rest. And also feel free to hold the shape the leg on the floor and reach it away from you. 
When you're done with the right, move to the left. So when you're finished with the left, if you'd like to take both legs out on the ground and reach through them, be it up on the bolster if you were to get off of it and just reach the legs away, do that. You can also reach the arms up overhead if you'd like. Again, pain in the joint regions, unwise. Whenever you're finished on the bolster or the blocks, you can make your way back to constructive rest and move that out of the way. If your legs are outstretched without props, you can just bring them back to constructive slash active rest when you're ready. Take a moment once you're off the props to come back to your breath. To the singular focal point internal to you in the moment. Now with the legs outstretched, if they are, bring them in. Feet on the floor, roughly hip distance apart. Same with your knees, roughly hip distance. Arms wherever you like them. Now moving from one side of the coin, the more passive side to the more active, effort-filled side. Much of the same joint positions, though. So just pull the balls of the feet away from the floor, flex your ankles. And just notice muscles that are pulling the balls of the feet up away from the floor and front line of the leg. And then bring the soles of the feet back down and lift the heel up away from the floor this time. Notice the muscles up the back line of the lower leg. Perhaps they're perceivable, perhaps they're not. If it's painful, don't do it. And then bring them back down and go back and forth between the two. So where are the muscles in the front and back of the leg that move the ankle, that move the feet in position? 
next time you get the heel up off of the ground, hold, and just notice that taking the heel up off of the ground lengthens the front line of the lower leg, works the back line. And then bring the heels down to the ground. Pick your right foot up off of the floor, keep your thighs parallel, and just straighten the right knee all the way out. Now once the right knee is straight, thighs parallel in space away from the floor, so knees next to one another. Okay. Now straighten the right knee a lot and see if you can find the muscle in the front of the right thigh that straightens the knee and holds it there. And then take your attention down to the back line of the leg, down to the calf, and use the muscles in the calf to point the ankle joint. Just notice how that works. Now can you keep the leg straight at the knee and the ankle pointed, and go to the muscles in the back of the thigh, back of the pelvis, and use those to begin to bring the leg down towards the floor some. Can you do that without the knee bending? Perhaps the leg stops short of the floor. And then bring it back up. Go up and down a few times and you'll notice as the leg travels up, the muscles in the front line of the leg are working to keep the knee straight, but they're also going to begin to work to fold the hip. And on the way down, you can start to squeeze the glute, squeeze the hamstring to unravel the front of the thigh or to unravel the fold towards neutral, but that you'll have to work the quad a lot so the knee doesn't bend. And eventually when you're done experimenting with the right, you can go to the left. It'll be straighten the knee all the way out. Notice how that works. Once the knee is straight, then point the ankle without it affecting the knee. And then you can begin to take the leg up and down, slowly contracting the back of the left thigh, back of the left pelvis, squeezing, and then into the abdomen, the front line to take the leg back up. Eventually, when you're done experimenting with this left leg going up and down in an active way, bring the foot back down to the floor, active rest shape. With your knees bent, feet on the floor, start to experiment with the muscles in the back of the leg a little bit more. So push your right foot down into the floor and see if you can squeeze the right glute. Where is the muscle in the back of the leg that takes the leg down towards the floor, extends the hip? And then relax the right one and go to the left. Now one might fire more than the other, or be easier to access, or perhaps they're both difficult, but just notice, go back and forth, and eventually see if you can use both at the same time. And notice the legs are not turning, they're not widening away from one another, they're just being squeezed by the back line muscles, being held in place in certain ways, but eventually they'll move in others. And then when you figure out where the glutes are, you can relax and see if we can find the hamstrings a bit more. So neither come up onto the balls of your feet or you can flex your ankles and be on the heels. 
but the feet will stay a fixed object stuck to the floor, just drag them towards you in effort. See if you can find the hamstring muscles, muscles in the back of the thigh. You need to take the legs a little closer or pick the foot up off of the floor and fold the hip or fold the knee to find them, then go ahead. Where are the hamstring muscles in the back of the leg? And once you've found the muscles in the back of the legs, then stretch your legs out onto the floor. And take them apart the distance that feels wise to you. Let the spine do what it needs to do in association with this leg position. Point with your knees fairly straight up. And start with the lower legs. Once the knees are pointing fairly straight up, point to the ankle joint. Work the muscles in the back line of the leg. Then go up a little higher and find the quads. With the ankle pointed, keep the knees straight by firing the quad. Then see if you can find the hamstring and glute here. Without bending the knees or turning the hip, can you fire the muscles along the back line of the leg? Now if it hurts in the lower back or SI joints, then adapt what you're doing or relax a little bit. And then release, let go. Flip yourself over onto your abdomen. And when you flip over onto your belly, if you want to slide the little mini blanket roll underneath your hip crease to support it, go ahead. And you can keep your head at the back if you want and flip over and put it at the front, doesn't matter to me. So the blanket will just be a small roll to support the hip crease. If it feels like once you lie down on it, it's shoving you into a bigger back bend in the lower back, then unroll it some if it's not big enough. Roll it up a little. And if you don't like it, get rid of it at any time. And you take your arms out like a T, like Superman arms, palms down. And you do forehead on the floor. Sorry if your nose hits. If it's uncomfortable, change the head position, put chin on the floor instead. So elbows straight, palms out to the side, palms down. And now go into the muscles and back line of the arms. Straighten your elbows out all the way. Actively push the hands down. Now find the muscles in the back of the arm, the tricep. Keep the elbows straight in position. Let's see if you can find the bicep, the muscles that bend the elbow, stabilizing the arm from the front and the back. And then go into the muscles in the back of the arm, shoulder blade area, and let them begin to work to lift the arms up off of the floor to shoulder height. And you can start to work up and down, arms down and then back up, and you can work in a way where both activities are active. Or even as the arms come down, resisting them coming down. The next time the arms get up to shoulder height, hold them there and take your attention to the musculature from the mid-lower back up through the rib cage, back of the neck. Begin to work there and elevate the chest and head off the ground a tiny bit. And then back down. 
Now you can take the arms down as well, or you can keep them hovering, but lift up and down, and perhaps there's only a little bit of lift, or perhaps you lift a little bit higher each time, letting the arms lift up, letting the chest, the head lift up, perhaps moving the chin away from the chest as you go. If it feels like your head's more like a Pez dispenser than it is an extension of what's happening in the rest of your spine, then consider not lifting the head as high. Now, if there's pain in the lower back, pain in the SI joints, the neck, the shoulder, there's something to move away from. Now, as you lift up and down, you can change the arm positioning, perhaps taking the arms closer to the sides of your body, perhaps starting to reach them overhead. that this work is not easy. And maybe you even choose to lift the legs as you go as well. Maybe one at a time, maybe both at the same time. Feeling free to go in or out, or also to hold. What's it like to be up and held? And the held shape can also be just lying on your belly. Or at any point, you can always flip over onto your back, back to constructive rest if this feels unwise to you. Knowing every day is different as well. So where are these muscles in the arms that work to let the spine bend? Where are the muscles in the back line of the body that work to lift the legs, to change the spine into a back bend? What does that feel like? I'm going back to the legs, remembering that there are muscles in the front of the thigh that keep the knees straight as the legs lift but that you can also change the ankle position or bend the knees as the legs leave the ground, if you'd like. And whenever you feel finished with this, come back to stillness and eventually flip yourself back over onto your back. And again, no rush. you get back onto your back, have your strap nearby, just in case. So set yourself up in that active rest shape again. And take your arms to your sides with your palms up. So narrower than shoulder distance this time, perhaps a little closer to the sides of your rib cage. Now, at a certain point, if you want to take the strap and put it between your hands, you always can, but knees bent, feet hip distance. 
would go behind your back if you were going to use the strap. So start down with the legs first. Push the soles of your feet into the ground by firing the muscles in the front and back of the lower leg, then the upper leg. And then go to the muscles in the back of the pelvis, the glutes and the quads, the knee straighteners, and use those to lift the pelvis up off of the ground a couple of inches. And then back down. Now up and down you go, and if the feet feel too close to you, too far away, too narrow, too wide, then adapt the shape of them. And the higher and higher you go, the more potential for hazardous pain in the back of the pelvis or groin, spine, if that's happening, change the shape. Go back to constructive rest, otherwise up and down, and eventually play with using the muscles at the back of the arms that lifted the arms off the ground when you were on your belly, and push the arms into the ground using those to let the chest lift up into a little mini bridge. Now when you're up, if you wanted to put the strap between your hands, behind your back, behind the pelvis, you can. And use the strap as some traction, something to hold on to. When you're holding on to it, turn the palms up just to make the shoulder a little bit more neutral. You're also free to hold when you're up in this bridge shape. Using the muscles of the back of the arm, the back line of the upper body, the back line of the legs, the quads. Now watch the breath, and if it indicates that it's unwise to do what you're doing, then change what you're doing. If you get lost in thought or lost outside the moment, come back to the breath as a means to access what you're doing right now. Cramp in the back of the leg. You can hug that leg into your chest and play with straightening the knee out a little bit at a time. And eventually, whenever you're done working the back line of the leg here, bridge pose or the shapes and efforts of a bridge pose. You can go back to constructive rest. And again, there's no rush. You have more work to do, more to explore. Take your time. Eventually, once you're back in that active rest shape, go back to just breath. We're working all the muscles of the back line. Now working a little bit of the musculature of the front line. Lots of exertion, but Still fairly mellow in comparison to a very, very active class. Now adding a little bit of fire to that. You can take one of your blocks and put it between the inner thighs the skinny way. If you don't like that at any point, you can get rid of it. Oh, I was going to do it at your service. Endless.
block between your thighs. And choose to either interlace your fingers behind your head with the elbows wide. You can always adapt and change the arm positioning as well. Squeeze into the block with the inner line of the leg. And just a little bit. Lift the chest and head up away from the ground, maybe an inch or two. Contracting the front line of the abdomen up by the base of the rib cage. And then down. Now consider squeezing into the block, either coming up onto the heels or the balls of the feet, and picking your feet up off of the ground, pulling the thighs towards you a few inches. And then back down. Now you can do the bottom half on its own, the top half on its own, or you can start to combine the bottom and top together. Now if it hurts your lower back or groin, that is counterproductive sensation. Stay away from that. If that means not moving the legs, go ahead. If it means not moving the upper body, then that's fine as well. As you go up and down, if you want to also lift up and hold and explore that, that's fine too. One experience you may like more than the other. One might be wiser. But it's just to notice your reactions and what the experience of moving versus being still, working really hard versus working a little bit less is like. What are all those different experiences like as they pass? Eventually, whenever you are finished with the position of miniature crunches, the effort of miniature crunches, you can let your chest and head come down and take your arms out like a T, palms up again. Same thing with the legs, squeeze the block, stabilize the pelvis. Take your left arm up to the ceiling over your shoulder. And move your attention to the sides of the waist, pull the sides of the waist in, and then take the left shoulder up away from the floor, bring your left arm across towards your outer right thigh, lift your chest and head up some two. And then back down, arm out to the side, right arm will come up away from the floor over the shoulder and up and across towards the outer left thigh, lift up twist. And back and forth between the two. Height is inconsequential, the musculature across the abdomen is what will be firing. If it hurts in the SI joints, mid-back, somewhere in a counterproductive way, then do less or go back to constructive rest if this is not working for you. You can also hold and compare moving with held. So turning the spine off of the pelvis as a fixed object. Knowing there's only a few degrees of rotation available.
eventually when you're done revolving and twisting actively, let go, get rid of the block, and take your bolster or your two bolsters and put them off to the left side of your mat, left side of your hips. Once they're off to the left of you, scoot your tush off to the right a little in active rest. Pick the legs up, hug them towards you, drop them off to the left and onto the bolster. The thighs and shins are supported away from the floor. And then take the right arm out to the side, the left arm out to the side, whatever you'd like. Now, if the bolster is not high enough to support the twist, stack another one on top or stack a blanket on top so that you're not over-revolving the spine. Sarah, if you want to stack that second one on top of the first one and scooch the, block, the bolsters away. Yeah, yeah, there you go. How's that? Same with you, Orla, if you want to stack the second bolster on top of the first. Mm -hmm. And then those will end up under the knees. So you don't have to turn as far. <laughs> as they slide. Put your feet down. Scoot your tush that way a little. Yeah. Now bring doesn't feel wise or it's not working at any point you can get out of this shape now you can go back to that idea of the ground supporting the body the contact that the body's making with surface back to the breath as focal point Eventually, take yourself the other direction. Again, no rush. Get the props to the other side. Shift your hips to the left. Drop the legs to the right. There's the active version of the twist. There's the passive version of revolving. There's muscular exertion. There's none. You may have preferences around those activities. The idea is just to be with each experience. Come as they may. And 
if it's unskillful for you, then there's always the remove yourself from the situation. Stop doing what you're doing. Back to the breath. You're finished with this left side. Make your way off of the props and up to any seated position, taking your time that you'd like. Kneel, sit with your legs crossed, prop yourself up. any seated shape that feels semi-sustainable. Wrap the blanket over your feet and under your knees if you like, like we did yesterday. Sit up on a blanket and do that. Let your eyes fix on a point or close once you're settled. Over your feet, under the knees. Voila. Once you're settled, take your attention up to the neck. And turn it side to side when you're lying down before. And start by turning the head like you were nodding no. And think maybe... 80% of the range that's there. Back and forth, nodding no, a few times side to side, and then eventually nodding yes. No and yes enough. Take ear towards shoulder and back and forth that way, side to side.
eventually and bring the head to a neutral position. Just slide the chin away from you a little bit like you were chicken. back to stillness, eyes fixed or closed, and come to the breath. And at any time, you can stop this component and start to feel where the breath sits and see if you can access the back line of the body. If you can use the diaphragm to fill up the lower portion of the rib cage down at the back of your body by the waist. And can you climb the breath from there around the edges of the rib cage from the base up through the armpits up to the chest and in and out? Now if it creates anxiety or if it creates any sort of feeling that is intuitively telling you this is not right for you, then return just back to breath as usual. Now as you take these bigger cycles of breath, if on the inhale you want to reach the arms up overhead, you can do that. Take the arms down as you exhale or keep them up as you exhale. You can let the arms start to mobilize the rib cage and the breath. You can also just sit with the breath. breath return back to its normal pace. The last few moments just letting your mind settle on the breath as it moves in and out. that that steady point in the moment is always accessible. The breath is a guide back to that place whenever you need it. Whenever you feel ready, blink your eyes open if they're closed. Move yourself around as needs be, and you can be done. Namaste.